0: Welcome back to Part 2 of The Deep Cut, Why Abortions Aren't Safe, Legal, and Rare. Now on to that final word, rare. In 1973, the Supreme Court enabled Roe v. Wade to be the vehicle for abortion policy. The 5-4 decision determined the right to privacy covered abortion and protected the act through the first trimester. Since then, we have seen over 60 million abortions. Sadly, the number is even higher because states like California haven't reported since 1998. New Hampshire hasn't reported since then either. Maryland, Oklahoma, Alaska, West Virginia, Louisiana, and Delaware have failed to report for at least one year. So who knows how big the tally really is. Furthermore, all this data provided is voluntary. In the year of Roe v. Wade, there were more than 615,000 abortions or 196 per 1,000 live births, or 14 per 1,000 women. This ballooned until it hit its peak in 1990 for a total of 1.4 million abortions, meaning abortions accounted for one in three live births, occurring at a rate of 24 in 1,000 women. Abortions held at just over 1 million a year. From the 90s to now, Would someone look at those numbers and say an abortion is rare? Well, that depends on what your definition of is is. An abortion is a rare occurrence if you define is as losing the population of three states. Under Clinton, we saw more than 8.8 million abortions, or the entire population of New Jersey. Under Bush, we saw more than 6.7 million abortions, or the entire population of South Carolina. And under Obama, we saw just shy of 5 million abortions, or the entire population of Tennessee. Three states' worth of potential people were lost as a result of this newfangled, safe, legal, and rare policy. So did the narrative of the populace change? Not exactly. According to Gallup, quote, the public's answer to this question has remained fairly stable since it was first asked in 1975. For the most part, a majority of Americans have taken the middle position, saying abortion should be legal only under certain circumstances. So what we have is a safe, legal, and rare population who think that their government is abatting by that sentiment, when in reality, they're not. So it's not numerically rare, but as the cultural lexicon remained reticent to abortion... One just needs to go to shoutyourabortion.com, where you can read the harrowing tales of women who proclaim how their abortion was the best decision they ever made, along with other grandiose expressions of self-valor. Repeat offenders fill the site, too, with statements like, preparing for my second abortion, you know they didn't get the memo about keeping it rare. Tech is trying to make everything easier, even abortions. Consider an article from Wired a few years ago called Telemedicine Makes It Safe to Get Abortion Drugs in the Mail. In an attempt to bob and weave out of state regulations and provide easier access, one could be just a swipe and a tap away from an abortion. And while this is hailed as not only easy, but a way to provide access to areas underrepresented or not represented at all by abortion providers, one should stop and think. Doesn't rare mean hard to come by? And by making an abortion as easy as ordering from Amazon on your smartphone, aren't you making it more common? One final note on keeping abortions rare. Did you know that there are ways to reverse abortions conducted with the pill? Mifepristone is a progesterone receptor antagonist used to terminate women's pregnancies. However, Intramuscular progesterone and high-dose oral progesterone are used to help reverse course and stop the abortion process. According to a study published in the National Institute of Health's National Library of Medicine, these abortion reversals are effective 64% of the time. Now I ask you this. The mere fact that there is enough demand for abortion reversal medicine should go a long way in telling you that abortions are not nearly rare enough. Pro-lifers didn't see a win. Every year, millions of unborn babies pile up. Pro-choicers didn't get what they bargained for either. Many whom found abortion immoral or wrong, but wanted the choice available for others, found themselves grafted into the aggressive pro-choice agenda that Democrats have come to adopt, leaving many pro-choicers to defend a premise that has strayed far from those three words in the 90s, safe, legal, and rare. The aggressive, on-demand, later-term abortion agenda is hard to divorce from the overall, more moderate, pro-choice movement. Give up the ghost entirely or go along with what abortion has become. The media only lets you see two sides, so you are forced to pick whatever you feel is the lesser of two evils. This incremental move steamrolled increases in abortions and pushed laws further, both ways. New York took one of the most aggressive moves, codifying latter-term abortions, even after birth, into New York state law. This safe, legal, and rare feels right, but it left us more vulnerable to extremes than it would have if we bothered to actually legislate and make policy. Who knows? If the left didn't push for such an aggressive abortion agenda, then maybe the right wouldn't have clapped back so hard, putting in a president that tipped the court pro-life for what could be, due to how young the justices are, a very long-term pro-life court. So the next time someone says something that sounds simple, sounds easy, stop and think, are they grifting me? Even with the repeal of Roe with the new Supreme Court opinion, states will be able to decide the line at which abortion is acceptable. This will continue and continue and continue to provide the hypocritical notion that life begins and starts at different points, depending on your zip code. If anything needs a national law, isn't it how we define life? Before I conclude, I want to leave you with a case study to help you figure this out for yourself. In 2019, a woman gave birth to a premature baby. He was a micro weighing just one pound. You have cans of soup in your cabinet that weigh more than that. Doctors said he only had a 50% chance of survival. After spending more than 100 days in the NICU, little Fighting Finn, as he was called, was allowed to go home. His feet were so tiny that they were barely bigger than a penny think about it. If the mother didn't have an emergency, the baby would have stayed chilling in her womb. In many states, Finn would have been allowed to be aborted. Even as Roe is largely overturned, it will only permit states that want to restrict abortion to do so. The looser abortion minded states will still be allowed to basically do as they please. If Finn lived in Mississippi, state law would have protected him. If he lived in California, the mother could have aborted him. We have come a long way since 1973 in Roe v. Wade. More technology, more imaging, more data, better medical advancements. We are able to see the stages of life more precise than ever before. Don't we owe it to babies everywhere to determine when they become a person? Ask yourself, when do you think Finn was alive and when do you think he was just a fetus?